0: And Claire, I'm going to pass this off to Jeff now.
1: Thank you for your participation, too. Claire just said, I work here, too. And I said, well, uh, so just to you know, like, one word for the practice of worship is liturgy. And liturgy means the work of the people. Meaning, we have facilitators here. We all gather to work. And what we do is we work to worship God, and we work to reflect God, and we work to understand what do we do throughout the next week. So, we are all workers. Hey, um, really quick, we've been doing a series called Babylon USA, reflecting on the book of Daniel, which is basically a book of when you are, live in a place where lots of bad things happen, in the leadership does evil things, how do you follow God and love people? And Daniel was a book that encouraged, has encouraged people for years and years on how to follow God, when everyone everyone else else isn't. So So I want to tell a story, story. preschoolers, kindergartners, like I'm talking basically, one person who's in preschool, yell your name really loud. Come on, I know we have some preschoolers. Who's someone in preschool? Okay, me. I can't see you, someone has to yell it. Maybe Peter? I was, I was gonna say you point. You're I I a, a kid. Okay, so, so we'll start with we have. We have I want to talk about preschool, pre- kindergarten, first grade, kindergarten, first grade, and then and I want to talk, talk about fifth grade. grade and, and I want to tell, tell you guys, guys something, something that happened to me, guys. Is this is pretty really pretty kind of hard, hard to talk about. about. Like, like Sean, Essex, or is Lincoln here? You guys, I'm basically telling you some stuff that happened to me. And here's I want to tell you guys something strange. Max Bender. I want to tell you something strange, and it is, I remember things that happened when I was your age better than I remember what happened last Sunday. I remember things that happened at your age better than I remember what happened last Sunday. And I'll tell you why. There's some good memories, but some of them were really hard things I remember. And the reason being our brains are in such a way is our brains are wired to keep us safe. And so part of that is we remember scary things so we can learn to be safe. But a lot of times that thing we learn to be safe hurts us. And I want to talk about that. It's good at first, but then it hurts us. So I want to share, uh, I'm not trying to leverage you guys as my therapy circle, but I want to share with you how starting with preschool, I learned things that that I I feel at two two weeks weeks before before, I'm 50 years old. And and kids, I wanted to tell you that there are some some things things you feel that you you may not know this, but your parents feel the same. And in one one way, way, whether you're a kid or you're someone who's 90 90 years old, you're equals in some some of the stuff stuff you feel. I I see see grandparent and granddaughter here, and other stuff stuff is like, this is true. So I was born, most, who was born? I was born and I just lived my life and I did my thing and I didn't really know that I was different from most kids until at age four and a half, I went to preschool and when I went to preschool, I learned something. I learned a lot of kids are one way and I am another way. And the way that worked, I'll explain how it worked uh, at four and a half years old. I remember there was a kid named Charlie, and whatever Charlie did, people wanted to play with him. And he could, do, he could communicate, he could invite people, everyone wanted to play with Charlie. If I would try to play with that group, whatever they were doing, I was unable to do like they were doing, so they didn't want to play with me. A couple of things were different. Uh, I uh, moved differently. I didn't walk the same way other kids walked. Uh, if anything got close to my face, I would get really upset. If anything was flying towards me. And most of the games we played involved throwing balls that would go close to my face and I would have a freak out. So I was weird that way. In other ways is I would find something I was interested in. Like, who years interested in Legos? Anyone like Legos, like Legos or Minecraft? Minecraft well, we'll pretend, pretend you were a bunch, around, around 20 kids, kids your age, right yeah. on. Imagine, Imagine being around, around 20 kids, kids, and you, you like Legos, and everyone else hated, hated Legos. Legos. And you, you wanna want play like with those kids, kids you bring your Legos, Legos to, play, to play, and everyone's, and everyone's like, like, you're, you're stupid. stupid, Legos are stupid. So well, of course, that, that would never happen. But the things I wanted to play, everyone else thought was stupid. So in preschool, I learned something. I learned if If I I act like like myself, people people won't like me. If I I act act like myself, people people won't like me. Something something else happened. happened. I I would remember remember weird things and forget normal things. things. So So I would go to the bathroom, this is embarrassing, embarrassing. I would have a belt belt and pants. I
0: I walk walk out out of the the bathroom
1: bathroom and and my belt belt is is open. open. They what are you doing? Are you trying to be funny? Oh, I have a belt, I forgot. I wanted to go back to Legos. You know, and this happened throughout school. I would forget to go to class. I would go to the bathroom on a bathroom break in second grade, forget what I was doing and start wandering halls for an hour. I, I, I didn't even think about it. I just would get distracted. And then I would get in trouble and sent to the principal's office. So when I entered into uh, elementary school, What I found out is not only did I not know how to play what other people were playing, but people would tell me that I was basically stupid for not knowing how to play, or they would make fun of me or make up names about me. Something else happened. Was I, my brain was always on a different planet in a way. Anyone like that? Is anyone kind of living this crazy adventure while everyone just seems to be really serious? Well, I was was always always living some adventure, and And what would happen is some some kid would do something, something, like they would break break a window outside the school, and they they would would say, Jeff did it. And And the teacher would come come up to to me, and they'd say, did you you break the window? window? And because they were talking loud to me and I hated loud noises, and I did not like to look people in the eye, I would put my head down and just not be able to talk. And because I acted that way, they assumed I did what was wrong. And because the way I responded, if there was ever someone that said I did something wrong, they would believe it because I did not know how to act like I didn't do something wrong. So I spent a lot of time in the principal's office. So you know what I started to believe? I started to believe, even if I tell the truth, people in charge will not believe me. And people in charge are dangerous and sometimes stupid. I didn't think that I was dumb. I thought the person accusing me was dumb. So what you know I realized? I've got to be hidden. And I need to like, move in such a way that I'm not, I'm not noticed by people in charge or I'm not going to be able to do what I want to do. And it really, now, I had something that was awesome. that was like a superpower. And that was a mom and a dad. And I had a dad who wasn't really emotionally communicative, but he thought everything I was interested in was really cool. So I knew if the kids don't think what I like is cool, my dad thinks it's cool. And I had a mom that said something every day of my childhood. And you know what my mom said? She said, it doesn't matter what anyone thinks because Jesus is cool with you. My mom said, it doesn't matter what anyone thinks thinks Jesus is cool with you. And I think that's why I didn't become homicidal eventually. But go to sixth grade. My parents said, well, we want to take you to a Christian school where people do Bible stuff and are like that Jesus who loves you. And then it got worse. And what I found out in sixth grade, um, I was very literal. Do any of you just answer questions literally and people think you're trying to be funny because the way you answer the question? So, so what I did was, was we were in art, art class. class, and I, remember, I won't say her name, but I remember the teacher, I remember it's like a movie. And they, and they said, what rules should we abide by? by? Like, they What should be the rules of our art, art class. class? I want you to contribute. And,
0: and I, I remember art class in the elementary school, school. and
1: I remember, I remember when the teacher, the teacher wasn't looking, looking these, kids these kids would take, would take my face and stick it in a trash can and, can and laugh at me. It. So I said, I've got an idea, I've got an idea, and I'm thinking, I'm here with these Jesus people, they'll like my idea. I said, don't stick kids' heads in trash cans. And the teacher started yelling because she said, you're trying to be, you're trying to make fun of this. You're being disrespectful. And I'm thinking, oh, very practical, good rule. Don't put kids' heads in trash cans. So she sent me to the principal's office and I had the sixth grade teacher. And this sixth grade teacher was six foot four inches long. And he was built like Paul Bunyan and a a fighter, except he had a big belly. And he yelled a lot. And he came in and started yelling at me. And had me stand up, go stand up, look me in the eye.
0: And I'm scared, I hate
1: looking people in the eye. Sometimes I have a hard time looking Adrian in the eye. Even though she has the most glorious, amazing, reflective eyes in the world. So he said, look me in the eye. Had me in the corner. Started pushing me uh, in the chest. And I'm sitting here. And he starts telling me, you know what? You've got a lot of problems. When all the kids are playing soccer, you're sitting there reading those stupid comic books that are all Satanic. And I said, I I can't play soccer because when the ball moves toward my face, it really scares me. And he said, well, you're not a real man. Literally sixth grade. So this person started telling me, like I was being honest and he told me I was trying to ruin a class when I was trying to help. So, so I, I thought I even people, people who say they're Christians who are in authority, authority are in charge, are A, dumb, are B, dangerous, or and C, should be avoided or tricked. And so, so I learned a behavior, behavior of whatever of what I wanted, I wanted to, do, to do, I did secretly. If I, I wanted, wanted to read like, like role-playing games or read comic books at school, no, you cannot, but I If I want to read role-playing game manuals, or tie my shoes, uh, I'm going to, I mean, if I want to play role play, read comic books, I want to find a place I can do it where no one can see me. So I learned what I called stealth mode. Now, because of my mom, I never believed they were right. I didn't believe what they said about me was true. But because because of what what they they did, did, I believed if if I'm I'm going going to survive in this world, I I need to act and use certain things. things. Can Can I I tell you what what hiding did 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 for me in middle school? school? It It kept me safe. Guess Guess what? One One time time, the the teacher pushed me down down the stairs stairs. and And called me a name that I cannot repeat. And I learned to be safe, I stay hidden or I fake like I'm like someone else. Or I or learned I how to outsmart the teacher, teacher which, which frankly, the school, school wasn't that hard. I want to just and tell you, it's not because, because I, I never got good I grades, got but I felt smarter than the teachers because I knew how to, how to play the game eventually. Game. And, and I want, I want to fast, fast forward to my first year first in college. college. All right? right? So, so, preschoolers, preschoolers like, like, whoever has felt like you've been falsely accused or mistreated by kids or a teacher you know, my experience of that came to me first year in college. I had three wise teachers who loved me. They would hear my weird ideas, they would hear my ideas in class, and they would want to talk to me and spend time with me because they liked my ideas, and they wanted to basically teach me how to use those ideas. And they really loved me, and two of these guys are now like major authors. You know, they've written books, and they're like leaders leaders that have these good ideas. And you know what I did? I would start meeting meeting with with them. They would would be so kind to me. But when they got too close close to me, I would ghost on them. And that means I would stop meeting with them. I would stop returning their calls, and I would void them and hide from them. And I literally, I had to change schools my first year. I didn't tell the teachers I was leaving. Because, because I was going, going I thought, I everyone's going to be mad at me. I, I better hide. And I hit it, And it, it really hurt, hurt those three teachers. teachers. I, I go to a different, different school. And it one of the leaders the at that school I admire the most pursued me and wanted to hang out with me and wanted to share me his ideas and his hobbies and wanted to hear about my ideas and my hobbies. We started to hang out. One night, I had a nightmare that this guy was yelling at me like my sixth grade teacher was yelling at me. Guess what I did? I disappeared. I hid. I stopped. I ghosted on him, and he didn't know what happened to me. Now, I'm out of college. I just give you a few ways I practice this. I presume people don't understand me, They don't like me. And even if my heart is good, they'll think I have a bad heart. And the church I went to had a lot of these kind of people in it. And I said, church is not safe because these people are annoyed by people like me. So I stopped going to church because that was how I would stay safe. Now, what I didn't understand is this church was doing things that Jesus hates. And Jesus was more sad than I was about how they acted. So basically, I made vows, we call them vows. I made promises. I made rules for my life to keep me safe. And guess what? The rules in sixth grade kept me safe. If I didn't have those rules, I would not be safe. But those rules hurt me later on in life because when people wanted to love me, they could not get close to me. And I kept people away. And guess and what? I, I never even thought, I, I, did I, I did not know I was doing that. that. It happened automatically. And, and the thing is, I, I believe anyone with authority and power is gonna hate who, who I am. And, and then someone invited me to, to check out this, out this other church, other uh, church and pastors, Pastor Rich Pastor Nathan. And I said, oh, I'll check these guys out. They're gonna be just like everyone, just like everyone else. And I went, and I saw people that were like me, acting weird like me, and people who were really normal who liked weird people. And I heard a message that instead of explaining how this group of people are bad, it explained how Jesus can help us all be stronger and more loving. And instead of feeling like they were saying bad things about me, I felt like they were saying, there's something good about you and we want to teach you how to use that good thing towards other people. And it began a healing process that is 20, 30 years later, guys, I'm still getting repaired. Guess Guess what? Middle school kids, everyone, I'm not scared like I used to be, but I'm still frightened. You know, I still have, whenever I encounter something that reminds me of a scary person, my brain goes click. But the good thing is a switch in my brain turns, but it doesn't turn on the run and hide machine. I just feel the clicking, and I think, oh, I'm clicking, and you know how I tell that that machine is clicking? I start to feel weird in my stomach. Sometimes I start to, like, breathe really heavy or feel out of breath, and sometimes my brain just starts moving a million miles an hour, so whenever my body does that, I know someone has turned that switch of what happened when I was a kid, and friends, Children, every one of your parents has a switch, whether they know it or not, and you have switches, and sometimes when you're an adult, something so scary happens that you get a switch. Most of them happen when we're kids, but sometimes when you're an adult, a switch happens. And we were talking to Daniel last week. We were talking about Daniel 11 in this crazy chapter that the smartest people in the world say it's impossible to understand one-third of what the chapter says. So So I decided to teach on the third I understood. I want to read read this passage. This This is talking about an evil, evil person person in charge. Who here has known an evil person in charge or Or seen seen one on on TV TV? or had one in their lives? So So this is about a super, 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 super villain, evil person in charge. It says, this king will do whatever he wants. He will exalt and magnify himself about every God, and he will say unheard things against the God of gods. He will be successful until the time of wrath is complete, for what is determined must take take place. And I'm going to skip forward. He says, he will honor this evil king. Guys, listen to me about the evil king. He will honor a God of fortresses, A God unknown to his ancestors, he will honor with gold, silver, precious stones, and costly gifts. When people are frightened, when horrible things happen to people, when terrorists attack Twin Towers and murder so many precious people, we build fortresses. And one element of this thing is people get hurt when we think in terms of fortresses. And that is, I will make myself safe so, no one can hurt me. But can I tell you, when we build walls around us, people who love us walk towards us, they hit that wall and they get injured. Because if you have a spiky force field around you, everywhere you walk, you come close to someone, they will hit your force field and they get hurt. And what happens is some of the most superpowered evil people in the world have just the biggest force fields because they were hurt. I'm not saying what bullies do is okay, but bullies have built a force field that ends up hurting other people really bad. So essentially, when people bully us, it's like we catch a disease, and sometimes we either stay away from everyone, and you know when you stay away from everyone and hide, they get hurt? My friends, you who are hiding from other people, you are made in the image of Jesus Christ, and he loves you, and you have a gift that God God has given you. And every every single heartbeat heartbeat here, wherever you are in regards regards to Jesus, Jesus, somewhere in you, God has given you a gift. gift. And if you you don't don't interact interact with people, people, they will suffer because they need that gift and they don't even know that. that. Every Every one one of you has a gift. gift. But but if if you you are scared... And keep yourself, and you have a rule or something you do, like I need to outsmart, I need to hide. Other people will just be very angry. If I have a temper, I'll scare everyone away. Other people think, well, because I'll just get as strong as I can physically know how to fight, and I'll always act tough, and then no one can hurt me. Other people think, well, I'm just going to fail at everything I do, so no one wants to be around me. Then they hurt me. Uh, other people think i they start thinking I'm better than everyone in order not to let what people say hurt them. I did a lot of those things, but in Jesus, in Jesus being the most powerful person he ever did, he did not stay away from hurtful situations. Instead, he loved people in such a way that all the bullies got mad. Jesus made bullies act out. And then he not only defended people against bullies, but he got beat up and killed by bullies. And Jesus was resurrected. And the story of Jesus is that the evil people can't destroy you forever. You don't have to be afraid of them. And in fact, you can help towards the kingdom of God where everyone is loved by not being afraid of them. And letting God heal you when you get hurt. So... Uh, We call, a lot of us talk about triggers. It means someone does something that brings up a scary thing. You know what I love about triggers? I hate them and I love them. When I get triggered, my body does something. I start talking fast or do something else. And you know what they say? They say your body never lies. Our mouths can lie. Our bodies always tell the truth. And if you're acting angry and say you're not angry, you're either lying or you're confused because your body is angry. Because our body, our hearts, and our actions all align. And what happens is we can learn when our body is scared or angry. And then we can say, why am I angry? Because, you know, if people are angry, they're not just angry. If someone's angry, either they're afraid or they're sad. One of those two or other things. There's always, if, if you know an angry bully, know that it's not just that they're angry, something is going on between. But when I'm angry, I realize, there's, what is going on? And then I look around and say, what just happened that made me feel that way? And then I pray to God and I say, God, what is the story behind this? And I found out when I was a pastor at a different church I started realizing that certain people scared me and certain people would say something to me and I would either get depressed or shut down for a long period of time. And I asked why do those people trigger me that way? And I would pray about it. I went to counseling about this. And then I remembered sixth grade like it was a movie. And I remembered that teacher pushing me in the corner Ramming his finger against my little concave chest, calling me names and threatening me. And it was like I was back a kid again. So I started praying to God. I said, God, I don't want to be afraid of people that remind me of that person. What do I do, God? What do I do? I told a counselor, I said, I just remembered this. And they said, well, let's pray together. And listen, if God brought this up, it means he's ready to bring some healing. So about six months later, I had a dream. Does anyone remember their dreams when they wake up? I almost never remember my dreams when I wake up. I remember for about 15 seconds. But this dream I woke up and I, to this day, have not forgotten. And it was a dream where my little boy self was in front of his teacher. And this teacher was pointing at me and saying these things about me. And then I, as an adult, was standing behind my kid's self. Kind of weird, huh? And I was just—I pa- kind of holding his shoulders. And I just would quote a Jesus story. Every time he would say something to me, I would say, uh-uh, Jesus said this. And I would tell the whole story. He'd say, you're this. I said, well, Jesus says this. And then he'd go this. And then I had a... And then in the whole time, he, every time... He would say something bad about me. I would say, "Uh uh-uh, Jesus says this. And every time I said it, I got a little bigger. And I grew into an adult, and this guy shrunk. And I woke up with that dream. And I still have fear, but at that time, after all those months, the fear got turned down from 12 to 3. The fear got turned down. And people like this person didn't scare me as much. But guess what? Whenever I run into a person that would be like this person, I have a click in my brain, and sometimes my stomach or my breathing gets weird. And then I go. Yeah, but because I've learned to notice my body telling me things, and pray to God to notice what my body is telling me, I've invited Jesus, the one who loves and supports me, and His Holy Spirit to remind me, "You're being triggered." And then I start praying. And instead, do you know, 40 to 60% of what we do, kids and adults, 40 to, 40 to 60%, some of us, most everything we do, we never think about. Like, have you ever been asked by a parent after you totally destroyed something? What were you thinking? I, like, I, I remember I flooded our basement trying to make a swimming pool, and I forgot I started doing it, and my dad found it was four feet deep. And he goes, what were you... And it was a finished basement with his office. He goes, what were you thinking? And I'm like... I, I uh, thinking. It was a category error. I wasn't thinking. That's the whole point. I just moved by reflex. I don't, I, as a kid, I didn't think about most of what I did. I just kind of shambled through life. So, but when I get triggered, I've learned to ask, what am I thinking? And that stops me from losing my temper or hiding. Now guys, I still get scared. And guys, a lot of things, your parents have had every bad experience, kids, that you've ever had in your life, whether you know it or not, your parents have had a bad thing happen to them too. And we're all finding Jesus. So this passage where this evil, superpowered king worships the god of fortresses, what happens when we value personal safety over everyone else? People get killed. When a head, a king, or an emperor says safety is the most important thing, everyone else becomes unsafe. Even people within their kingdom. So I, millions and millions of people have died. Maybe billions in world history because someone's trying to stay sick. And Jesus gave another story that said the worst thing they can do is kill you and it won't stay. Killing is not the end of the story. We can have a new life. So Jesus said, safety ain't all that, healing is all that. So not only do we not have to be scared of dangerous of pe- certain people, we may have to stay away from them sometimes, but we don't have to be scared of them, but we also, God will give us a superpower. Guys, kids, uh, roll all the Avengers into one. Their power is nothing compared to what I'm telling you. God gives a power of loving our enemies. It doesn't happen overnight. And And what what that means, when when you love your enemy, it means they can't push your buttons. And not only when you love your enemy, sometimes sometimes they stop being your enemy. Sometimes they find Jesus Jesus too. And sometimes sometimes instead of hurting people, they become healers of people. We're going to be talking in a few weeks about one of the biggest bullies after after Jesus, Jesus, who became the biggest on bully He became the biggest bully who started helping people heal from bullying. So... The big thing, the big point today is self-protection that causes people to be evil. When we're self-protective, it stops us from feeling how much God loves us and being able to be like Jesus and love others. And it's nothing to be ashamed of, but there is, um, there is an opportunity that we have. And the first step is i learning to know what our body is telling us. And the second step is praying about that. Learning to know when our body's telling something to us and training our brains, so guess what happens? Eventually, every time the switch goes off, it becomes a prayer turning on switch. Now, there's five other things that follow this that I'm not talking about. There's five other things that help us to not only heal from mistreatment and bullying or people ignoring us or not loving us, but it helps us to be like Jesus and heal others. And I'm not telling you how that happens, but we are going to be having a thing to, for your parents and adults and older young people that will train you how to begin a process of healing and become a healer. And it's called Emotionally Focused Foundations. And the idea is this, our emotions aren't bad. They're not good. Our emotions are teachers of what's going on. And if we learn to listen to our emotions, we can find a pathway to discover Jesus and become healed. And we're going, it's going to be a Zoom-intensive. We're offering this out of all the things I've done in my life, Adrian and I. We both had some very scary things happen to us, even as adults. Both of us have found the most healing we've had through taking this retreat and then being a part of three people encouraging one another for 24 weeks until our brains got trained to not be as afraid. And we're going to invite you. It's called Emotionally Focused. I'm waiting for the final date and you're all invited and it's on Zoom, so you can do it on the toilet if you want. But I gave you, so this crazy cosmic picture affects my marriage and my parenting. And whether you are a child or an adult, it's not too late to move towards being a healer and not a hider. Amen. So let's, uh, let's stand. We have our prayer guys coming over here. One good thing to do when you learn something new. Do you know, kids, when you learn something? Adults, when you learn something, it's worthless. Learning something is not important unless one thing. You take what you learn and you do something as quick as you can, reflecting on what you learn. So if you learn that I have triggers that lead to pain and I want to learn how I can have God in that pain. The first thing you do is go to someone and say, will you pray for me that I can get in touch with my triggers by Jesus? You can do something with what you heard immediately. It doesn't have to be weird. And by the way, you get pray for or anything else So Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ, instead of hiding, Jesus Christ was able to go to the scariest night any human has ever experienced. And Jesus, the son of God, said, I'm going to have the scariest thing ever happen to me because I know God, my father, is going to bring me back. So I'm going to suffer to show the whole world that evil is defeated because God defeated evil. And if you receive me and follow me, you can be healed, too. So Jesus took some bread at this dinner. He took this bread and he held it up and he broke the bread. Like, like he, he broke, broke the bread and what he like was he saying is, I'm really going to be broken. broken. Scariest thing in the world is if someone breaks you. you. My body's I broken to heal your broken body. And he ate the bread. bread. Then after, after dinner time he took to the, the cup, cup and he, he says, said, not only am I, I broken, broken, but I'm bleeding. This, this cup represents the blood that, that I'm going to bleed because of the, the scariest things that are going to happen to me. He said, every time you drink this, remember that I win. And everyone else loses who wants to do evil. I win. And, we, and then he said, keep doing it, guys. And then his, uh, Paul, who met him later on, said, guys, every time you drink something, remember Jesus won. So we drink. And friends, I stand here today as someone, and I'll be really honest, in eighth grade, I thought of killing myself all the time. I hurt myself sometimes. I cut myself sometimes. Um, I still got a couple of little scars from that. But I will tell you, I love who God has made me. I still get insecure and sad sometimes, but I really believe that God loves me and I don't have to be afraid. And you can too. Come Holy Spirit, get some prayer. You have no clue how much I love you. And Jesus loves you infinitely more than that. Amen.